Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good morning. morning. It is time to skip the BS. Time for Undisputed. Time for you to tell us what you think at hashtag Undisputed Live. Time for Michael Irvin, Keyshawn Johnson, and I to tell you what we think about this Michigan controversy. Of course, Jim Harbaugh's team stands accused of having a system in place to videotape the signals of upcoming opponents. While Michigan has accused other Big Ten teams, most notably arch rival Ohio State, of doing the same thing. As we've said again and again on this show, it sounds like everybody has been guilty to some degree of breaking what we all agree is a silly college rule against signal stealing using electronic equipment. Why college football doesn't allow helmet communication as the NFL does is still absurd to me. Helmet communication would eliminate the need to signal from the sidelines. But speculation is that Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti could rule on this situation as soon as today. Could choose to punish Michigan right here, right now, perhaps by suspending Harbaugh, who just might have the best team in college football as we speak. Michigan is a four and a half point favorite this Saturday at Penn State. A game you can see at noon Eastern right here or on Big Fox. So, Keyshawn Johnson, what should the Big Ten do as we speak? Well, first of all, uh, good morning, Skip. Good morning to you. They, they should slow down, right? I think Tony Batini, just slow it down a little bit. Let the due process take its place. You can't make a decision, an emotional decision, based on a few weeks of investigating. There's no way that you can... Could, could, could uncover everything that you need to know to punish them. Not only that, you got a team with three games left on the season. You got a conference that could potentially be in the college football playoff. Okay, Penn State's there. Yeah, they, you know, Ohio State's there. Michigan's there. They're all in that mix. Right. So you mess around and you pull the trigger on something a little too early. Now, if you're saying to me, will it affect the football program, if in fact they are really good and the head coach isn't in place yep. against Penn State, it could. Could it do the same thing against Maryland? Could it do the same thing against Ohio State? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. But in the end, if you let this take its course and, and let it play itself out, you could always go back and, and strip, okay? You could strip them of whatever you want to at that point in time if you find there was some wrongdoing at, that took place. Now, Everything sort of leads to saying that they did something wrong, so, you know, allegedly. I, I don't know the way that they're really looking at it because Michigan right now is saying, well, what about who, who everybody? So is he taking that into consideration when he's making this decision that everybody else, or not everybody else, but there are other teams within their conference allegedly doing some of the same sort of things where you have Purdue giving signs and, and Rutgers giving yeah. signs. And yeah. Allegedly, this is what's being said. This mm-hmm. is what Michigan has brought 
to the forefront. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as Harbaugh and his denial in all of this, I mean, come on, man. This me, as I like to say, Skip, this me you talking to. I know better, okay? It, it, you certainly have won a lot of games in the last three years. There's a lot of players that have gone on to the National Football League, selected in the first two rounds over the last three years. All of a sudden, your teams, when you were struggling over the last three years, you haven't been struggling. You've been in the mix. Yep. You've been beating up on teams that you couldn't beat before, Skip. So now I'm looking at this sort of stuff, and I'm saying, what's the real punishment? What are you really going to do? Because those players that are – it's unfair to the players that just got there. They don't have anything to do over the last couple of years. Some of these freshmen and guys that just got – they're they, they, they trying to win a championship. But you're getting ready to derail them with a decision that could potentially be handed down today. So you just got to – you got to let the process play out. We, we rush to judgment way too often in these situations. Does this smell dirty to me? Yeah, but let it play out. Mm. Michael Irvin. Yeah, guys, and, and good morning to both of you good guys. Morning. Listen, this is, uh, <clears throat> this is, th th this reminds me kind of honestly uh, of my mom used to say, sometimes, baby, you know, you know, somebody does wrong, they do wrong, and if Jim did anything wrong, he should be punished. But but the way this came about, um, I, I do have a problem with, like, okay, first of all, everybody understood that something happened. Something happened. We don't know all that happened. Something happened. The way we, we reported something happened. Then they talked to, I heard everybody talking about how they usually wait through due process before making a ruling on anything. And the Big Ten usually waits after the, the NC2A does this investigation before anybody moves on anything. Then there was a upheaval and an upswelling from all the other coaches about them moving in to doing something right now, breaking protocol and doing something. And right there, I thought that was wrong. You know, listen, if Jim did something wrong, Jim should be punished. There's no, there's no doubt about that. But I don't know. But the process that you go by, that you went by the last 10 times, should be the process you go by right now. If Jim did wrong, like my mom used to say, two wrongs don't make it right. You can't decide now that you're going to break protocol and go after him. I, 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 I think that starts the issue that whenever anyone starts doing something that we can just go after anybody at any time, you know, that, that, that's the part what I have an issue with here. Like, I'll say it again. I know we all talk about everybody sign stealing and, and, and everything. And I start feeling, let me tell you how I watch TV. I saw a reporter the other day reporting on this. He was reporting. And for people outside that don't, that don't really know how TV works, reporters are supposed to just report the news. Report the news. We give commentary on news. That's what we do. Reporters are supposed to report the news. And they were reporting that Michigan had already uh, told the uh, Big Ten about other teams, about Ohio State and all this. And at the end of his report, he said, well, in my opinion, that doesn't matter. The reality is you shouldn't be giving your opinion. 
you are a reporter. You're supposed to just report. But when reporters start doing that, it makes me feel like, okay, there is an attack and everybody's coming after Jim. And, and, and I'm not saying Jim didn't do anything wrong. Go after him if he did something wrong, but do it the right way. You can't just come up with these because you're getting pressure, because you're getting pressure and, and say, now we're going to go after them. Because Michigan is also threatening legal, legal action if you come after them. And, and that's going to be an ugly battle, Skip. Ugly a battle. very ugly battle. A ugly yep. battle. See, and, and so, so they, yep. and, right, and they're, and they're, and, and, and lawmakers from everywhere are, are pitching in on Michigan side. So they're saying, let's, you, this is going to be an ugly battle. I'm just saying, two wrongs don't make a right. And, and, and you can't go after someone if it's something you don't do all the time. If it's not what you've done the last 10 times, you shouldn't be doing it now. Okay. So in the biggest picture here, I believe a Pandora's box just got opened wide open because mm. I think it's rampant around college football. Everybody, 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 you're not doing your job unless you have some system in place to scout the signals of other teams because it's blatant that there's no helmet communication. And by the way, I'm not buying this NCAA explanation that we, we can't modify the helmets to be able to accept communication from coach voice communication oh, yeah, because of the liability involved. Because if you modify the helmet, then it could bring on potential lawsuits from head injuries. I, I think that's a big <laughs> How does the NFL? How has the NFL done it for okay. years? Well, Stop it. you you've never had a one of these right. helmets, Skip. Right. I'm right. assuming. Right. It's a helmet. Right. All it is is a helmet with a little right. bitty right. thing in there, like Come a on. little speaker. Stop it. And that's it with a wire. <laughs> right. right. So Stop Skip's it. right. So what he's saying is, Skip, you're absolutely right. It's ridiculous to say this. It's ridiculous right. to say it. So the point is that. Is everybody doing? I promise you, I will guarantee you, I, I will stake my paycheck on the fact everybody around college football is attempting to steal signals because it's it's out there. The, the onus, the responsibility has always been on the team signaling to just keep changing your signals. I'm laughing, Skip, because I'm glad you said what you said because I was thinking about my well, how come it didn't work for us and our defense at USC? If we, okay. Well, there you go. Were you stealing signals? We, must, okay. we must have been doing a very poor job. All right. And, and I've <clears throat> told you this story, and I've told Michael this story. Norv Turner told me after Michael's first Super Bowl when they demolished Buffalo out here at Pasadena at the Rose Bowl, North Turner said, Buffalo stole all of our signals. They had a guy with binoculars in the second row. They had them right, all. Right, right. They knew whether we were going to run or pass every down. Run or pass. That's a lot to know. That, that's a pretty big advantage. And what was the score, Michael? I can't remember. 52 to something. <laughs> got to right? stop them, though. Yeah. 17. Just because you steal the signals, you got to be able to stop them. Okay, though. you can't stop them. Okay, so the, the point is, Tony Petiti, who's, who's a powerful guy, and he's a smart man, and he helped run CBS Sports, and he ran MLB Network. He's in a rough spot here because he's got to look mm -hmm. like he's doing something. He's got to sort of rattle his mm -hmm. saber, if you will. Rough but, spot. but what can he do now? You, you can't do anything because there, there's too much guilt all around. Are you going to bust Michigan for something that everybody else is doing? Are you going to bust Michigan just because Michigan had a system in place? It all comes down 
to this stallion's character. And we've talked and talked about him. He's ex-military captain. Mm-hmm. I, he's been described to me as kind of a Michigan fanboy, you know, like a super fan. But he has been around the program. He has sort of ingratiated himself into the program. I think he'd been blessed by the program because he did have an office in the in the facility. And he does go on the road with the program, but he went completely over the edge and went rogue because he went up on the central Michigan sideline dressed in central Michigan coaching garb okay that's just going rogue i don't think jim harbaugh blessed that one at all but (laughs) do i think that jim harbaugh knew about stallions sure he did and there's a new rule it's a fairly new rule in ncaa in, in college football and basketball that the head coach has to take full responsibility for the program even if you quote unquote had no knowledge of it's still your responsibility to know everything that's going on beneath you in the program when did this rule okay. come into place it's, it's, yeah. it's a couple of years old but it's now no, the it's reason in I, place the reason yeah i ask you that is yeah. because this is the same thing that they kind of punish USC did. Carol good, Ford. Good point. Uh, Pete right. needed to know you everything in, know. In, in the institution. Okay. Right. All right. right. So this whole idea of waiting and stripping, this is this is just me as a fan of my school, Oklahoma. I, I don't care if you strip. I don't know if you care. No, I don't care. Strip. Reggie Bush won the Heisman. Okay. Reggie won yeah, the Heisman. He won, he, he won it. We saw him rush stripped. for that and, and, do then, that. and then whatever happened after that, you strip right. it. Okay. Well, you did it. You, you still accomplished it. Yes. And you can't take it away from Trojan Nation or whatever. No. It, it, it just doesn't work. So the, the point is, is, is the NCAA sitting back right now haunted by the taint here of Jim Harbaugh and company in Michigan going on to win the national championship? Sure they are. It is just about everybody in the home office of the NCAA, which has done nothing in the situation, will do nothing in the situation. Are, are they all rooting like crazy against Michigan? Are they rooting for Penn State and then subsequently Ohio State, if not Maryland, to knock off Michigan and knock them out of the place? Sure they are, because they don't want this cloud hanging over they their playoffs, know. right? Okay, so the the only way Michigan is going to be punished is if Michigan loses on the football field starting Saturday, again, noon Eastern on Fox. You know, the way that I look at this thing in a lot of different ways in the vacuum, Skip, is for so many years, there's been rumors floating around about pay for play with players before the NIL. Teams have gone on to win national titles (laughs) that have. So what's like really in the end? What's the real difference? Okay, yeah, there may be a rule in place that you can't steal signs and you can't film in the stands and things of that nature. I don't think people out there really know that, you know, it's only this amount of time that you'll be able to process, get that information to whatever side of the unit, defensively or offensively, before the play happens. So it's not like it's really helping to that degree. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? It's yeah. not like they are in but, your huddle knowing exactly what you're saying. It, 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 it happens so fast that you got to be like, I, I don't know what you have to be to be able to digest that information that your coach is giving you while, right before the play happens to say, oh, they're getting ready to run cover two. Yeah. You, you, it, you can't. There's no way possible you can't. Okay. Listen, guys. I, Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, 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 listen, I, I don't want us to come off in any way here as we're holding up any kind of flag or anything for Jim Harbaugh. Because if you did something wrong, you should be punished. But I'm harping on this swell that now let's go and get the Jim Harbaugh. 
and 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 that that's the thing that I worry about. It's like, whoa, how can anyone, any, any, how could you just say all of a sudden, oh well, we got so much pressure now, we have to break what we usually do. That 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 to me is scary. That's to me is scary because then if any, if if every governing body had, can do this. Then nobody, anybody, they come and get anybody at any time. That, so there are two things here. Well, Jim, Jim, if Jim did something wrong, Jim needs to be, he needs to be punished okay. for that. But they don't, they, they, there's no way that two wrongs make a right, that they all of a sudden have to go after okay. him like this. Okay, I got you. But I think we all agree, if in fact Jim is guilty here, that he was guilty of breaking a silly rule. Is yes. that fair? Yeah. And, and right. I think... In the end, yeah. in the big picture, if we all step back from it, it's kind of a silly rule. A rule is a rule. It, it, on, a, on a higher scale, it reminds right. me back in the day, Michael, remember this, back in the 80s, I was around the SMU football program. I when, remember when it, that. You know, I, listen, when the death penalty was, was dropped on their heads right. and it just wrecked that program, it's still trying to get back to where it once was. But the point was... Right. I was very close to the coach, Ron Meyer, and I liked the heck out of Ron Meyer, but, but he was just out. He was going to pay players to come to SMU, and his point to me was they deserve doing, it. Yeah, but but they, he, his point was the, these kids deserve this money. They, yeah. well, well, look at him now. Look at what Shadour is making now. Actually, Ron Meyer was way ahead of the curve, but I would argue back to him. Right. Yeah, but it's it's a rule. Maybe you're breaking a bad rule, but you're still violating the, the rule. The entire Southwest Conference was they, doing they, it, though, were, Skip. It. A&M and Texas it. and Oklahoma. Everybody was doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, they were, but little tiny SMU all of a sudden overnight. Well, that's money in Dallas, okay, though. Okay, but they, they land Craig James out of Houston, the right. best running back and in Eric Texas. Dickerson. Other than Eric Dickerson. <laughs> the offensive yeah, lineman Eric from like Pennsylvania yeah, or something. Yeah, and I'm saying, wait a second. Ron Mar actually called me from his car phone. He said, you won't believe what we just did. I just left Sealy, Texas. We just signed Eric Dickerson. I said, you got Eric. He's the best running back in the country. I said, you already signed Craig James. What do you need Eric Dickerson for? Well, he's really good, and we're going to be really good. And they came very close to winning the national championship. They came very they got is, tied Skip. by Arkansas at Texas State. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Skip, 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 Key. I heard all those stories. Now, listen, now, listen, whoa, whoa, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I heard all those stories because yeah. Craig and I used to work together. Craig yeah. James put me in the business. We used to do the Mike Irvin show, yep. and he told me all. Now, listen, hey. This is this is way different. What SMU got, SMU did, sir. That was that no, was way did. different. Okay, that, that I, I was got way it. different. You know, right, that was that now, was funny. That was yeah. Okay, now now look at let's do baseball quickly. I started covering baseball right out of college at the major league level, and and the mantra right. was if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying because you're. You, you, right. you, it's an art to steal signals or signs in yeah, baseball. Absolutely. And so I know you mm-hmm. hated what the Astros right. did. Yeah, but that was that okay. was electronic okay. and all. Right. That was that was that was a little right. different, though. Okay. Skip. But, but it, it was taken to another level yeah. just because of the technology in yes. place. But yes. everybody, it, it just that you had more technology, and then what are they doing? Banging on trash cans? Yeah, but if I'm fast, right. but if I'm at second base and I'm leading off, and yeah. I can look down and see what the catcher signs are, and I can pick that up, or I can pick up the third base, or whatever. I can pick can, things up. Can That's see fine. You can but see but in the end, if somebody has electronic signs, and they're doing what two taps and this and all that craziness, okay, and I know a curveball is coming, and I can hit it out the park. That's a big That's advantage. Cheating. That's a That's big man, advantage. Come on, but, Skip. But there's a way to steal those signs without using 
electron without yeah, videotaping the signals, I'm right? Okay with that. You can just do it by, by the eye test. Yes, the same which thing is just, why yeah. I get back to the onus is on the team signaling. It's on the catcher. It's on the third base coach. You have to keep changing your signs. You know, it, 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 in college football, the plays are signaled in. You already said that, right? They should go to what the NFL does yeah. with the, with the right. speaker in the helmet. Just speak it, yes. In the NFL, it's the wristband, speaker, and the helmet. Mm -hmm. The thing that you can get an advantage on is the quarterback changing signals at the line of scrimmage. You could simply see, okay, a guy tap two times on the butt or, right. or get a hang loose right, behind right, right, the right. leg or yeah, right. the face mat. You can, you can pick that up. And then correlate right. that with the film at the time that he did it. Yep. It's, a, it's a big hand, hand signals, hand signals coming out. So two route if you're holding up two, uh, a deep out if you're holding up digs. You know certain things like that that you pick up. But we also pick up and still defensive signals when I'm when you're going in motion. You're going in motion. They're pointing up. That means sky. To us, that's cover three. That's cover three. You know, or or, or blue. They're saying blue, which is cover okay. two, yeah. which is cover two. So we all still signals. But that ain't stealing. It's in our face. Within the game. That's not stealing. Right. right. We're right. in the game, on the field, in between the white lines. That's not stealing right. the sign. What That's is us it? being right. deciphering. Well, so what are we supposed to it, decipher? Observing. So, no, it's right. deciphering. So what are we supposed to do, Skip? When we go in motion and they point it there, are we supposed to cover our face and, no. and act like we I don't know. see it? Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. different right. when you have somebody like the stallion young man yeah. who is – on the sideline, dressed in Central Michigan gear, yeah, or, right, or, now, right, or better right. yet, going to a game and videotaping and zooming in and sitting there doing that, that's way different. Okay. That's a way different little rule. And, and do remember, Belichick once got busted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Game. Okay, we're not going to bring that up, but, but he's videotaping. The, the, the defensive signals of Eric Mangini's Jets, Eric had been on Bill's staff, and right. Eric warned him, called him right. before the game a couple of days before. He said, Bill, don't do it to me. I know you do it to everybody. Don't do it to me. And Eric said, I've had enough. I'm, I'm going to blow the whistle. And, again, the whistle got blown because you can then take – the videotape in at halftime and try to decipher off the videotape. Try, you mean do. Well, you can. <laughs> but, I mean, if, if you can figure it out, there you go. All right, enough about that. I don't think anything's going to happen at all today. I don't see how they can do anything without all hell breaking loose. But up next. Skip, how, you, how, they, how, how can they not do anything now? Oh, it's, it's all, it, it, you know, there it, well, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, okay. It's going to be right, interesting. But speaking of you, Michael Irvin, I can't wait to hear your opinion on this because we don't have it yet. What do you think of Martavis Bryant being added to the Dallas Cowboys, and what exactly will he add? Hey folks, it's your man Keyshawn Johnson here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services Marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze 
to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Here's what the newest Dallas Cowboy, Martavis Bryant, had to say in his first Dallas media interview. Whatever they need me to do, you know, I'm a new guy here, so whatever they need, I'm going to do it, you know get help from other guys and just I'm really just here to learn and get that you know whatever happens happens you know I'm gonna give them all on the field and, and just go from there all I can do is take care of my responsibilities on the field and handle my business sky's the limits for me man I know I'm 31 but still fast still big still want to play football I haven't lost anything look at that big boy look at that big old boy man look at how tall he is all right so up Michael Irvin you are a Hall of Fame Dallas Cowboy receiver you know yeah. this team inside and out how much help can the Cowboys expect from a 31 year old receiver receiver who hasn't played in the NFL in five years. Listen, uh, you know, I know Martavius. Martavius people reached out to me when, of course, he, he signed and everything because, you know, we were together a couple years ago and we were talking about him trying to get back in the league. First, I want to say how proud I am yeah. of him getting this opportunity and the work he put in to get this opportunity, you know. I don't know, uh, uh, Skip, if, if, if anything has been taken away. I do know. We just talked about, you know what I mean, you and I, Skip, when we had our, when we were together. We you, you know what it's yep. like when you love something yes. and somebody takes something away from you. Completely, yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's real. And you say, whoa, wait a minute. I've been there. Well, you sit around and you're like, how did he get to this? Yeah. And you're watching. And, you know, we know he played football in those other leagues, whatever. But this is the NFL. And you were here. You put the work in and you got here and you let other things derail you. It's a hard, it's a hard reality to hold in your head for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. When you read the story he talks about, he's been in some dark places. He's been in some dark places, but he's yeah. come through it. He talks about how proud he is of himself for coming through that, and that's why I wanted to make sure I say how proud I am of him and how proud we all of you uh, of him for, for, for doing the work that he has to do. Do I believe he can help the Dallas Cowboys? Man, absolutely. Did you see how tall he looked just standing up to that locker? Man, he looked big. Yep. Six four key. He's your size key. And he can run. Six four. He's only 31 years old. 31, you key you come on. 31, I still thought I was still me at 31. You know what I mean? And, and the one thing I've you. always told. Right, right, right. And the one thing, Skip and Key, I always talked about, man. The one thing I always thought uh, talked talk to Jerry about, man. Go find players, not just with great skill, but get me some with the deepest of wills. 
And what Martavius has been through deepens his will. He'll come on this team fresh with this opportunity, and he'll work hard, he'll play hard. There's no doubt in my mind he'll be something that the Dallas Cowboys can use. That kind of speed, that kind of size on the outside, that's exactly what they need. You know, Skip, uh, I don't remember what it was exactly when Stephen Jones, when they signed him yesterday, which was, what, Wednesday? Mm-hmm. I think Stephen Jones, they did something with him Tuesday, right? Yes, and they we, looked at him. They looked at him on Tuesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and when I saw the video, the first thing— You, you know, did. You I, told me this, yes. I, I said, this dude can still play he football. He can play. You took one I, look I, and you said he can still play. He can still play yep. football. I mean, I could, I could look at his, mm-hmm. his gait, as, as right. the playmaker likes to say— and I can look at the things that he's capable of doing when he's he was running the routes, right. high pointing the football, all of those things. And, and the reason I believe this is going to work for the Dallas Cowboys, he may not ever be productive for y'all. Never, right? Oh, look at no, that. No, 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 no. But a slow down, no. Playmaker, slow down. I'm talking about him. The reason it's going to work for him is because the Cowboys organization – has always given individuals an opportunity to uh, uh, regain their careers, whether it's Whether it's Pac-Man Jones. Yeah. I can just go on. It's a long laundry list, as it you matters. know. It matters. It matters to Jerry. It matters to Jerry. It matters to Jerry. And, and those matters. guys right. tend to right. reward Jerry for right. giving them the opportunity when others threw him away. Mm-hmm. Okay, so right. it may, right. and when I say it may never work for the Dallas Cowboys, I'm talking about what y'all expect expectations are. He's, he may never be a thousand yard receiver, but what he can right. be, right. as I told you yesterday, Skip, you is a guy in that fringe to red zone area, something that you desperately miss. Like Michael said, man, that dude a big six right. four, two hundred and ten pound, six percent right. body fat type guy, mm-hmm. and he could still run. Yep. And he has the will to want to play and want to resume his NFL career yep. to show everybody that I've gone through the darkness and now I'm back in the light. So I'm rooting for Martavius. I know him very well, just like you, Michael. <laughs> All I could do is say good luck to him. And I, I think with the type of character guys that y'all have on offense, they'll put their arms around him yep. and he'll follow. Mm. By the way, to your point, it was 10 years ago, but when, when he came out of Clemson, he timed 437. So yeah, at 640, I don't I don't know if he can I'm not I'm not sure he can run 437. Yeah, now, but he ain't but, run but look, if you yeah. ran 43 10 years ago, you ain't running four eight today. Okay, you're not. That's, that's, that's right. You're sure. four three. You know, a four four three is good. Exactly. A four four five is good. Anywhere exactly. up in there at six four. You ain't going You see him high there. pointing that ball. Yeah. It's the high pointing the ball. This is Skip. Skip. Before you go. Yes. Look at the red zone issues they have. Yeah. You got he it. just helped Absolutely. them. Yeah. Right now, he just helped them with some of those red okay. zone issues. All right. So I do want to echo what Michael opened up with, which is, I congratulate this still young man. On, on getting himself clean and sober. And I know he had to stay clean and sober for six months because he said he got heavily tested over the last six months to re-qualify to be an NFL player. And to Michael's point, once you've missed something for five long years that you loved, that you lived for, it strengthens your will to get back to it. So he had to, to undergo six months of testing, and, and he said, maintaining my sobriety, he had to meet with his counselor on a regular basis. And as he said, 
I'm very proud of what I accomplished, and, and I am too. I echo that. I went through it with both my parents. I went to a whole lot of counseling sessions. It's hard, and it's hard to stay sober, and God bless the young man. I hope he can once he gets back into the mix with the Cowboys. But to Key's point, they do have a lot of veteran leaders, and the arms are going to be put around him, and, and he'll have all the help he needs. And Jerry is a father figure to a lot. Look at Zeke. When Zeke came in, Ohio, trust me, he had big issues, big issues. And they got through them, and he became a very productive player. And in the end, he became right. a leader of the football team. Every, everybody, yeah. as you know, Skip and yeah. Michael, right. every right. player – that has had some, some I don't want to call it baggage, but Whatever. has some dark yeah. times in their life, can't go to every single organization. Yeah. There's only certain right. organizations right. that true. are set up to be able to, right. to help individuals. And the Dallas Cowboys, for my short period of time there, was an organization that was set up to help right. individuals right get over whatever it is that they was going through. Yep. And that's important, man. You go to one of right. these organizations that doesn't have that type of foundation, yep. you get caught right back up into the mix again. Right. Yeah, I got it. So, Michael, and, and let back. Me say, let me say this. Let me say, let me say one last thing. Let me say one. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't mean it because, I mean, you guys have stated this, and so now I feel okay to say this. That's why it bothers me when we get people trying to attack Jerry, calling him racist and all of those things. I said, listen, I've seen people in some situations where Jerry had reached out to help. I just, and I just threw that in. We'll get back, we'll get back to Mark Davis. But it bothers me when they all do right. it. Key, you've been yeah, in that room, you've seen people, oh, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, so that, that's what I'm saying. It, cause it, it, it's about those people that are in the trenches now still trying to help, still trying to help in ways that, that, that matters. And I think that matters. All right, then in all objectivity, I need both of your takes on this. Five years is a long time to be out of NFL football. I know right. he had the Las Vegas Vipers for a yeah. little while and all that. Yeah, but, right. but this is five right. years away from the highest level yes. of football. How much do you lose? And can you ultimately figure it back out if you've been out for that? That's a long. I don't know if it, we've ever it, seen it, anything here's, like here, this. Here's what I would say. The fact of the matter is. He was doing football acclimated things, even though those things right. that uh, those those leagues are less than the NFL. Yeah. Football is football. Can you run? Are you aggressive? Right. Can you catch? Can you understand the, the can you process the information that's being given to you by Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott? Can you do all of those things and retain that information? Because the one thing that I saw on that video immediately, as I said to you, Skip, yeah. I just looked at it and said, Duke can still play football. And I ain't talking about high point of the ball. I'm watching him run. Yeah. I'm watching his, right. as Michael say again, his gait. Mm -hmm. I'm watching him get in and out of the comeback, drop his hips, come downhill. All of those sort of things to me tells me he can still play football. Again, he may not be the Martavius Bryant of the Pittsburgh Steelers under Todd Haley and company and, and, and Mike Tomlin, he may not be that guy. Mm -hmm. But what he's going to be is a guy who can help you in an area in which you struggle, which is the fringe to the end zone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and then you're bringing them in to get separation, right? Separation outside. Now, he still has the speed to give you that yes. horizontal separation where he pulls away. But he's right now giving you vertical separation because he's 6'4", and he has that leaping ability.
So I don't care if he's been playing uh, for the Little League team. <laughs> it's still 6'4 yeah, yeah. with that kind of leaping ability that I can put you on some smaller corner yes. that we're playing. And I love him. I love him. He was from St. Thomas, too. He's playing the Chargers. That's the Sante Samuel. Mm-hmm. Sante Samuel is 5'8", 5'10", 5'10". I'm putting him out there and tossing a ball up in the air and say, go get this football because our line can't block for the run game. He helps right away with that size and that gift. Think about it, Skip. As I said to you, yeah, whatever, yesterday or whatever it yeah. was, you got out of the four guys that you have, 5'9", yep. 5'10", 6'1", C.D. Lamb is 6'2". Two, but to your but, point, doesn't seem to play that tall. He's not. He doesn't play six no, two, doesn't. nor is his his body like no, he's, no, not he's not long. long. He's not long. He's not long. Agreed. So you yeah. got a big dude that you are, are gonna need in, the, in crucial situations in that red zone. If you remember, several weeks ago, I kept hollering. Go get my nephew if you could do it. Go get uh, uh, Sutton if you could do it. Take a look at DeAndre Hopkins if you could do it. You you, you need to. And, and now they addressed it. We said, uh, 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 we talked about Julio Jones. He was like, well, yeah. But I'm talking about the size. Yep. I'm not talking about the productivity. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean that size right. is valuable to what the Dallas Cowboys are trying to get done. Okay, so when he was asked yesterday what are his strengths, he said explosive. I love to go down and catch deep balls. So that's his, that, that's his favorite part right. of playing football. And I remind you, it was a long time ago, but his first year – in Pittsburgh, he caught a 94-yard touchdown pass. In his second year in Pittsburgh, he caught an 88-yard touchdown pass. So that's what he does. That's what I thought Brandon Cooks could do more of. But for some reason, they don't feature 5'9 Brandon Cooks trying to run past people and take the top off the defense. He's done it one time so far, and what have they played? Eight games. But this is a little bit different because yeah. of his size. Yeah, <laughs> got it. Well, it's almost like you're describing a Randy Moss-type receiver, right? Right. Like still- a taller, faster receiver he's not he's not as fast as randy moss was because that was just like silly speed right 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 that was a freak that was a freak skip that's interesting you bring this up though because you know you were looking and saying okay where are his snaps coming from you guys are saying brandon cooks are not michael gallup right that's what you guys are saying because i think that's interesting i think it's interesting you know you, you when you watch it I was saying both of those guys are probably saying, okay, why are they bringing him in right now? Because both of them should have some worries on their head about why yeah. they bringing him in right now. I, you know, I, 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 was, I just thought about that. It was just interesting okay. you brought so, up that. What are the odds that five, six games from now, as we get toward the end of the season. That's what becomes, he's here for. Yeah, but that it becomes clear cut that the number two receiver to C.D. Lamb is Martavis Bryant. What are the odds that he 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 rises and shines into that role as the clear-cut number two receiver and option for Dak Prescott? Now, now listen, I, I know that sounds crazy, but you bring in Martavius and say, hey, take a couple weeks, let's get ready. We're going to need you for that stretch run yep. when we come back around and see the Philadelphia Eagles and the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers and everything. Yep. But it is absolutely not out of the realm of reality where right now if this kid comes in and makes a few plays, he is not the freak, but he is a freak kind of athlete. So he goes down and make a few plays. People are going to be saying, whoa, let's, let's do some more of that. So it is because, only because neither one of those guys have really popped 
you know, nope. have really had the kind of season I think that both of them wish to have and certainly not the kind of season that the Dallas Cowboys wanted them to have. That's why Martavius is having this opportunity. Mm. So you say, what What are the percentages, mm-hmm. huh, Skip? Yep. So I'll, I'll say this to make your toes curl up. Mm-hmm. Go back and think about this for a minute. You remember what OBJ did for the Rams coming over late? Do I. And then eventually throughout the playoffs, it took a while Mm -hmm. for him to get going. This is probably where you're going to be, where Cooper Cup is clearly the guy. I mean, he was winning the Mm -hmm. triple crown for receivers. And CeeDee Lamb is clearly the Cowboys guy. He is. Now you got a guy that comes in because if you think about the Rams, they had Jefferson and all those other guys. Mm -hmm. And then they slid OBJ in, Mm -hmm. and then eventually he started catching on and understanding what they wanted to do to him. And by the time – they got to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying y'all go to the Super Bowl, so don't, don't start jumping up and down. Well, but by I'm, the time they got to the Super Bowl, there, yeah. he was probably yeah. on his way to winning the Super Bowl MVP prior to the ACL injury. Yeah. That's kind of what you're going to get okay. from Martavius, which I'm sure you would take in a heartbeat. My toes are curling as you speak. Uh, I, I like it. So. I'm with you. Super Bowl, here we come. <laughs> that, 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 see, now I'm going to yeah. take that back because yeah. you, you, you're going no, too no. far. No, 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 you went there. My toes curling too. My toes curling too. I'm just saying they were curling. You asked us what could he be. I'm just trying to give you what he could be. That's all. I'm just trying to give you a little something. Okay. All right. We need to talk. LeBron, we need to talk some Lakers because they looked flat out lifeless last night. They're 0-5 on the road now. LeBron, what's going on with your squad, man? No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Anthony Davis was a game-time decision last night with his hip issue, but he did not play. And the Lakers got embarrassed in Houston, 128 to 90. Wait, 128 to 94? And they fell to 0 and 5 on the road. Rachel Nichols joins us. Good morning to you. Good morning. But Keyshawn, you first, lifelong Laker fan that you are. Scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you? about this team? Uh, I'm about a five right now, Skip. Are you? I'm surprised. Yeah. I thought you would say a one, but go ahead. No, I'm about a five. I'm, I'm right in the middle because okay. it's just, you got the Anthony Davis. It, you're like, here we go again, yeah. right? They're just like, come on, man, seriously. And I understand. <laughs> come on, man. I, I understand, you know, things happen, but it's like we're eight games in the season. Yeah. Like, do, do me like this 50 games in, not eight games in. And so when I start to look at it, you know, LeBron and, and Austin Reeves both had terrible nights. You know, one minus 24, the other minus 28. Mm. So you start, you just look, and LeBron didn't obviously take a lot of threes, but he was 0 for 2. So it's like, wh- what is happening here? I actually thought that Houston, they would go into Houston and just take care of business. Yeah. I, it just, it's, it's like Houston doesn't have a team. But then we get demolished by 34 points. Mm. I just, you know, I don't know what it is. I, I don't, and I know LeBron James' teams typically start off slow, 
But this is just something, something different. Yeah. We dropped the one down in Miami. I think we dropped Orlando, too. Orlando, Miami, and now this? It's like, maybe we just need to get back home. I, I, maybe we just need to get back home. I don't know what else to say. I don't. You got me today, Skip. Well, look, you can say I don't know what it is. I can tell you some of what it is. They are off to some of the worst starts in NBA history. If history. you look at their first quarter numbers, no team has ever been worse in the first quarter no in 75-plus years Think about that. than the L.A. Lakers through these first eight games. Mm-hmm. That is a problem. And by the way, I know that this team has a ton of injuries. I know it. But to your point, Keyshawn, you have to expect that. Anthony Davis has never played 49 games or more his entire for, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. I said that he's averaging less yeah. than 49 games for his entire Lakers stretch. You're going to have guys in the rotation who go in and out. You have to have more hustle. You have to have more fight. They look listless last night. And their three-point percentage, by the way, is worst in the league. And the most shocking numbers of all, Skip, are the on-off numbers without LeBron. Yeah. With LeBron James... This team is plus 29. Without LeBron James, this team is minus 87. That is crazy. Their defensive rating without LeBron would be the worst in the league if that was just their team. So hustle, that, that way to even, hey, we're injured, we, we're all we got, we've got to come out here and fight, that is missing from this team from the very beginning of games. Okay, so I'm going to echo what Rachel said and what you said, Key. They are injury depleted. LeBron said this right out of the box after the game last night. Obviously, there's no AD last night. There's been no Jared Vanderbilt for the whole season so far. He's their best perimeter defender and one of the best in the league. Gabe Vincent is a clutch three-point shooter, and they miss that right now because, to Rachel's point, if you're dead last, you need somebody who can take a shot and make a shot at a key moment. And they don't have it. Even LeBron has gotten off to a... Pretty bad start from three. He's 31%. And they didn't have Jackson Hayes last night. But I look at the rebound totals, and it's you, you, you get crushed on the backboards 57 to 34 because, to Rachel's point, you're lifeless. You're gutless looking to me where you don't even care last night after Dylan Brooks again called out LeBron. And I thought, oh, at least you got some rocket fuel. I told you, Key, yesterday, I thought LeBron would say, okay, kid, watch this. I'm going to shut your mouth again. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to give you a triple-double. And I thought, and it it wasn't that LeBron played awful. It was just, to to use your word, listless. It was just like nobody really cared about anything last night from jump because if, if you've lost the, the eight, your first eight first quarters by 74 points, you, you, you get off to starts that where, where you lose the game before you can even get started in the game. I've, I've never seen anything like it. And I do admire and honor LeBron as one of the all-time great leaders in the history of sports in any sport. And you would think that would rub off on the team because Dylan Brooks is standing before tip-off staring down the Lakers, down the court, staring down. I think we have the shot of that, if we can show it. He's staring them down, and I'm sure they saw it. And then he's antagonizing LeBron as usual, and he's in, they're staring each other down. They're trash-talking each other. And there was the – there's Dylan Brooks, but he's staring them down. Okay, wouldn't, wouldn't you think you'd say, okay, watch this. Watch this. No, there was no watch this. And then LeBron had one moment in the game where he took Dylan Brooks, if we could see this. He took him inside and shot a little – four or five-foot jumper right right in his face, right over him, loved it. 
And I thought, oh, okay, here we go. I'm going to see more of this. He just bully balled him. And then LeBron, here, we, this is the end of this. Then LeBron came right back down and tried it again and wheeled on him and couldn't hold on to the basketball. And that was sort of the, the essence of the night and just bounced. It looked like it bounced off his foot or he just couldn't hold on. But to LeBron the isn't the problem here. No, no, I, I got it. Although I, I got to show you one LeBron play because we talked all yesterday about LeBron's not getting a call. There's a play that happened with 9.34 left in the second quarter. Just, just, Keyshawn, you're saying how LeBron gets hammered and we're showing the Thomas Bryant play yesterday. Watch LeBron. He goes up and under. That, that's about as open a right-handed layup as you can get, and he's begging for a foul call. Well, I, I don't think anybody touched him. I can't tell. I, I, don't. I can't see. Ain't that what you said yesterday? <laughs> I can't oh, see. So now you're saying I, I can't see. see. I don't know. I, I Look, okay. I can't see. Okay, but look at LeBron. He's, he's like I can't begging see. for a call. I can't see. I don't see him begging for a call. I can't see that. Well, you, you can't see because you can't see any contact. <laughs> and I'm saying, LeBron, come on. I mean, you can do better than that. Well, right? maybe he did get fouled. Maybe okay. he did. But but why I say 50% is because I look at the other teams yeah. within the conference, right, Rachel and Skip? Mm-hmm. I look at the Phoenix Suns. They're without one of their key guys. They're 4-4, four four, one game behind them. He came so, back last night. So, probably. so okay, so when I, but when I look at that, I start looking at the other teams. Who, 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 who are you scared of in the Western Conference Final through eight games? Like, does Golden State really, are they really, like, scaring you? They look good last night. But I'm saying, are they really scaring you? Like, they're going to run away with the conference. It's Denver now, and especially that Murray's going to miss some time. Mm-hmm. But they're scaring you. Like, so when I look at that, I, I kind of got this silver lining. Okay, we're 50-50. Let's just get home. Let's get home. Let's get healthy and get back on the court. But it's a good point about the other teams in the West. Look, we are only 10% into the season, basically. So it's early. These guys have time to get their act together. We know how they started last season and where they ended up. And I am never worried about a LeBron James team once they get into the playoffs. That being said, you know that expression, it gets late early? It gets late early in the Western Conference in the NBA. So you cannot fall behind too much exactly. because you find yourself digging yourself out, spending all your energy there. It's a great synonym for sort of what they're happening at the beginning of games, this metaphor of we can't get started. Well, you can't get started in the season either, and pretty soon you're going to fall behind to the point where you cannot catch up again and again and again as LeBron ages here. Okay. And allow me to say most troubling of all to me beyond AD hurt again is I'm a big Austin Reeves fan. I told you both before the year started. I I thought he was in position coming off his Team USA stint where where he was one of the best players on that floor. I thought it was time for him to become maybe not part of the big three, but at least he could be a half a star. That's what I – where at least he could help carry the load down stretches. He could help close games. He was so good against Denver in those four fourth quarters that were so close, and they lost all four of them, and I wanted him to get the ball more. And all of a sudden, he is crumbling under the new spotlight. He's got a new contract, obviously, and he's got a whole new set of pressure around him. He's, he's in a whole new zone of pressure where he is now expected. Last year, he was not expected to do much of anything. And game after game, he had the one great overtime against the Clippers when LeBron yelled at him in the huddle, go win the game. (laughs) And he went and won the game in overtime against the Clippers. I wouldn't wouldn't say he's crumbling, Skip. I wouldn't say that. I know know it was 0 for 4 from 3. 2 of 9. But but I wouldn't say say he's crumbling. What I would say, and, and I would look at this, is he's probably tired. 
The yes. dude that played a lot of basketball, man. In, including over the summer. And that was a very yes. draining tournament. Absolutely. Those guys, that time in Manila was pouring the entire time. Yep. It was very repetitive and monotonous. And, of course, they didn't end the way they wanted to. I will buy that. That he, he is going to get better later in the season. I think he'll get more comfortable, Skip. I, I don't think you should sell your stock. I think that he will figure out how defenses are playing them. It's a chess move, right? And they have the move after seeing him for a full season. They know how to defend him. And now he's got to make the next move and figure out a way to get around And that's that. the one thing Paul said. Paul, Paul Pierce, when he was on with us a couple weeks ago, yeah. the one thing he said, Skip, is that the book is out now. Yeah. It's a little bit different mm -hmm. when they're trying to figure out, okay, who is this guy with no tattoos? Who is this guy? <laughs> then all of a sudden, I got a big thing with the tats with him. He just he just looked, yeah, I want him to have some tats. Have a you, little you. <laughs> But it, it's one of those things that got the book out on you now. So now you got, like Rachel said, it's a chess match. Now you got to move some pieces around to counter what they're doing. This is just me, but I don't love tats on that pail of skin. It just doesn't look that <laughs> no, good. No, I just say he just, you know, he just. I don't know. I don't know, man. He, you I, don't I like the see. way his jersey hangs on. I know. He's it's tucked like, in. Will, it just don't look right. He looks like he was playing in oh, the 70s. Oh, come on. There's, there's a whole tradition of choir boy looking, you know, yeah. guys in the NBA who are dead-eyed killers. So yeah. I think he's just trying to follow along yeah, there. I agree. Okay, so Hachimura did come back. Now they have another road game at Phoenix against Friday. You can say, yep. quote-unquote, full-strength mm -hmm. Phoenix. Mm -hmm. A play-in tournament yes, game, too. Yes, their first, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so do you love their chances at Phoenix? Do you, do you want to I, see I don't. Yeah. I don't love their chances at Phoenix. I'm sorry to say it. When, when we are with less players and we're not as deep, and you just mentioned to me, you, you, you made me rethink that Bradley Bill is back now. So mm -hmm. now they finally got all three on the court, and we got one and a half, unless A.D., I mean, I don't know. Is AD coming? I don't I have no idea. They're hopeful. They said they're hopeful. I have, no, I have no idea, Rachel. So even with AD back, I still would lean toward Phoenix in this situation. Look, and, and Phoenix only won in a squeaker last night. Bradley yeah, Beal still goals. has a minutes restriction. Yeah. I didn't think he played at all in the fourth quarter. So we'll have to see what they come to on Friday. It went to overtime. He didn't play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Overtime. Mm -hmm. He didn't play. But but I mean, I think that this team in Phoenix is still getting itself together. The Lakers are clearly still getting itself together. But the odds are. The odds are yeah. the home team with the three sharpshooters are going to do better than the team that is last in three-point shooting yeah. in the NBA. Yeah, they right now their two is better than our two. Yeah, our two right now is is, well, is Reeves and LBJ. They they still got Book and they still got KD. Yeah, even if Bradley Bill's in a minutes restriction. Yeah. All I can say is hurry home, Lakers, right? <laughs> yeah, let's get home, man. Let's, yeah. let's, let's get off this road, dog. Y'all have time. You just got to get a little more pep in the step here. Yeah, but I do like what Rachel says. It's getting late early. Okay, back to the NFL next. The 49ers move their D coordinator from the press box down to the field. Smart move or desperate move? I think you wanted to be desperate. No Now for my favorite part of the show, your turn. You can reach us with your thoughts, pro or con, hashtag Undisputed Life. Here we go. First tweet from Liz Shaw. With the signing of a Martavis Bryant, Cowboys fans be like, what red zone problems? Debo. The original the Debo people. people. Yeah. If we can't Debo you with Zeke running, we're going to Debo you with Martavius B. I like yeah, that. that. That might help y'all out. That might help y'all out. <laughs> All right. Second tweet. Looks like James Harden coming to L.A. cursed both teams. 
No, God, please. No, no. Here we go. I, I think he, I think here we he cursed the Sixers, too. We're going to talk about oh, that. Oh, God, here yeah. we go. Woo! All right, final tweet is from Woo! New York. What about Maxie? On Friday, Keyshawn said, Wimby would cherry pick my Knicks. How's that working out for you this morning? Now, that's literally cold, Keyshawn. Yeah, I mean, wait, wait, wait. So I got it wrong. Key, tell him, Key. Key, I, I was wrong. all Yay. over Key. I was all over Key about the Knicks. I was yeah. talking about Julius Randle. He just shoot shooters. I'm going to shoot shoot yeah. you again. Nobody care about no Knicks, man. They keep trying to hype up the Knicks. Stop. They work. Same thing with the Cowboys every year. Same thing I tell oh Spike Lee. Oh same God. thing I tell Fresh West. The same thing. I'll yeah. tell you. Same thing. All right. We're better than the Knicks. G- give us a little break, right? Come on. They're all about the same. All right. Okay, here we go. Through their bye week as they prepare for Sunday's game at Jacksonville, the 49ers have decided to move defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes from the press box down to the sideline. Kyle Shanahan said, I want him down there so he can talk to guys a little bit more. Michael Irvin, is this move smart or is it desperate? Step on it's a little bit of both. Yeah. It's both. And, and, and it's okay. It can be both. Now, let me tell you why it's smart and why it's desperate. It, it's a smart move, not, not because of what Coach Wilkes like. Coach Wilkes clearly like, and he said he likes being in the box. He does. He said he likes playing, calling the games from the box because it is, he, he takes the emotions out of it. And, 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 and I'm going to tell you why. So it's a smart move. Now you're saying, I know where I want to be, but, but here's where you need to be. So it's a smart move from that standpoint. But the desperate is this. They need a place to demark and say, this is it. Those were the problems we had before, and now that Coach Wilkes is down on the sideline, those problems are gone. You so, so, so now once he comes down, the defense can say, okay, because this is what we're used to. And I believe that, that this is what they're used to. Warner is used to coming to the sideline, having instant communication with D'Amico Ryan or, or Coach Sala right there and putting that information on the field. Now, he was very careful to say that he hasn't had any problems communicating uh, with, the, with, with Coach upstairs. Through, through any process, there has not been any problems. But for him, it just feel better when he's on the football field. This was not about the coach. This was about those guys on the football field that need that emotion that Coach Wilkes saying he wants to coach without. There's the desperation, too. You're asking a man to give them something that he doesn't even really want to give or do. That, that's not his kind of coaching style. You remember D'Amico, Ryan, and Sala, they they're down there with those guys. They're down there with those guys feeling the emotions, getting those guys riled up. And, and Coach Wilkes is not like that. But the information, that is important. So it, it, it's both. It's both smart, but it but it says something too now. It you can does. say what you want, Key. It says something. They're they desperate. Say they need to get this thing turned alone. around. All right. I, I, it, it is desperate. It's a desperate move. It, it's a desperate move, but a smart move at the same time because when you think about it, Michael's just alluded to it twice. When Robert Sala's on the sideline, the previous defensive coordinator before D'Amico Ryans, you can see the energy level was a little bit different. 
Now right. D'Amico right. Ryan's energy level a little bit different. They are younger coaches than Steve Wilkes. He wants to be upstairs That's to true. take the emotions out That's of it, to right. think and right. process. Right. A lot of chaos right. is on the sidelines. It's chaos. I personally Good like chaos. my offensive coordinators on the sideline with me. So when they can t- I don't want to go pick up the phone. I want to be able to walk right. to the sideline <laughs> and say, hey, man, right. this is what they're doing. What do you think? Let's sit on the bench. Let's dial it that, up. Let's see what this is. That's not the tone of voice that you used. That, that, that it was a little more emotional. Right. Than that, right? Yeah. right. Come on. You talk about emotions. Leave me alone. Anyway, it, 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 it works in their favor. And this yeah. is what Kyle Shanahan has been used to since he became the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. He could turn to his defensive coordinator and have a conversation with him about a possession or whatever the case may be. Yep. It's just easier. And Steve Wilkes will get used to it. The players will play better for it, which is a problem because it hurts the Dallas Cowboys, which y'all so badly want him to stay upstairs. I know. You want him to stay upstairs so they can have chaos. Plus, they got new bodies. They got new bodies now. When you think about Chase and you think about Randy Gregory, you can now, as a defensive coordinator, go to the sideline, tell them what you want them to do. If they do some stunts and some twisters and things of that nature, you can teach them on the board how to do it. Although they got a defensive line coach, it's not the same with the defensive coordinator. And remember, the defensive coordinator didn't bring a staff. The defensive staff for the most part. Right. Bring this up. Bring that up, Key. That's smart. Bring that up. You need to bring that up. So they can get a background understanding that this is an outsider coming in to this whole defense and learning that defense. Go it, ahead, Exactly. Key. Well, you got a defensive coordinator who didn't bring his staff. He's got to teach these guys. Right. So now when he's on the sideline, he can teach them in-game adjustments opposed to saying, well, didn't they learn it before they got on the field? No, it's not the same. Communication is huge. And you will see the difference against the Jacksonville Jaguars mm. on Sunday by him being down on the sidelines, and it will scare you, Skip, at that point in time, I'm sure. You really think so? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I, I'm just glad you didn't go hypocrite on me because yesterday you and Richard went off on Matt Canada, and you said anytime a coordinator is moved, as Canada was moved down yeah. to the sideline, anytime it goes one way or the other, yeah. up to the press box yeah. or back down to the sideline, yeah. something is amiss. No, right? I, well, but I, why, would I, why would I change? Okay. Well, I did. said it's I, desperate. I I'm that. not going to change. No, tell- I like that. Let me tell you something, Skip, real right. quick before you go. <laughs> one thing that you must realize, and I know you know this, but I'll say it even again, I ain't on here to lie. I'm here to tell the truth, and I'm going to tell the truth. If really? he's going up and down, it's a problem. Huh. Now, if he goes back upstairs in two weeks, it's a problem. Right, right. Now, he's okay. staying down. He's on his way out. Yeah, he's exactly. on his way out if he goes back upstairs. He's on his way out if he goes back upstairs. That's what he's doing. can't do this. On, on this show, when I tell the truth and you know it's the truth, then you lie to me because you say that's wrong, right? The truth about what? <laughs> everything. The Cowboys? <laughs> yeah, about everything. That's all I do is spit truth. All right, I'm about to spit some truth right here, right now. What a difference a month makes, because remember that thing that happened, that 42 to 10 thing that happened in San Francisco to our Dallas Cowboys? Remember that? Yeah. Through the first five weeks of this NFL season, Mm -hmm. the the San Francisco 49ers led the whole league in points allowed. Mm -hmm. Over the last three weeks, would you believe over that period, they have dropped to 24th in points allowed. But worse, they've dropped to 30th in yards allowed. They have been a defensive disaster. Yes, they have. And Brock Purdy and won it. his first 10 starts in this league to get to 10-0 and as an NFL starter. 
we thought, at least I thought, I think you guys agreed, he deserved to be the front runner for MVP at oh, that no, point. Oh, no, I didn't think, I didn't think I, he deserved to be the front runner. There. No, yeah. not at all. Okay, no. all right, all right, but we'll, we could look back. I was with you. Yeah. I was Mike, with Mike you. Mike might have been with right. you. I was never I was with in you. the MVP conversation right. with him because, and, and I know you're still going here, Skip. Yeah. When you talk about Brock Purdy's yeah. success, mm -hmm. That was because the defense was having such success. You didn't need him to do certain things. But he was things. doing a lot of certain things. Yeah, but, but, things it's, but the defense, when the defense okay, fell okay. apart, he kind of right. started to fall apart. Okay, fair enough. But last night, I'm reading a quarterback ranking in The Ringer by Steven Ruiz. He's dropped Brock Purdy all the way to 21st in his quarterback ranking. Mm -hmm. I think you went from potential MVP to 21st in the league. What a difference a month makes. So to me, this is a desperate move that is a necessary move because how else are you going to try to fix it? But I'm not sure this is going to work the way you say that I'll see it on Sunday because Steve Wilkes is, is a quiet man who doesn't need a lot of right. chaotic input during the game from the Keyshawns down on the sideline. Right. He likes to be in the quiet upstairs. Even Kyle Shannon said that, that he to, would rather call plays upstairs. But it's a way to communicate. Right, right. It doesn't all did. have to be. It yeah. doesn't all have to be chaotic. You communicate with people a certain way. When I'm having a conversation right, right. with you, Skip, I'm communicate with you different than I am with Michael. It, it's yeah. all about how you communicate. And if Steve Wilkes can communicate something without it being chaotic, they'll get the information. Okay. But, right, but 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 what but, but what makes this so desperate? It, it wasn't, and and you guys watched that last game. We saw what happened in Dallas, but we watched San Fran after Dallas. That last game, it wasn't that they just lost. It was people were running wide open, wide open, wide open, widely crossing routes, wide open. I've never seen San Francisco look like they don't know what's going on. Fred Warner looked like a regular average linebacker. He's oh, the so best he's, middle so linebacker. So Fred Warner average before. now. He looked no, no. He looked that. He looked like that because when guys that night, when guys crossing his face. Remember, you remember how he played C.D. Lamb. He stepped up, chucked. He knew he was coming. He he saw things before it happened. He he did not look like he was in total control of that game. He was. They they were all scrambling and running around. He came. He has to come down now because you got to make sense. This is not a physical skill set thing. This is not a, a talent and ability thing. This is we are out of position. How yeah, can yeah. we win this way? Yeah. You got to come down here and get this right. You, you know, Skip, and you talked about, you mentioned, you were slick with it, but you mentioned what they did to the Dallas Cowboys and hanging 42 and dominating them. It's just a bad matchup for the Cowboys, as I've always told you. Won't it's be a the next bad, time, but go ahead. It's a bad matchup. Mm -hmm. It's uh, a bad matchup. Steve, what they do defensively yeah. is a bad I, matchup I for your offense. That's, well, maybe it was then when they played their Super Bowl that night and they spent themselves and now they've been a shell of themselves ever since. Right. And I'm not right. so and, sure and, they can get back on track at Jacksonville, even though they are favored by three most points. Most likely, if y'all right. see them again, it's going to be on the road anyway. Okay, fine. Bring but but key is it's, we'll it's still there. all gathering information. We gather the information like I told you. Each game you gather. For, we gather enough information to know, we okay, we see where San Fran is now to go get a Martavius Bryant to help with those red zone issues, to help 
fix some of the things. You're gathering information and putting your team together for the, from the information you gather for the destination you're going. In, 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 in San Francisco, Love is it. gathering information because they went out and got two more defensive players yeah. and tried to get another yeah, yeah, corner. Yeah. The Philadelphia Eagles was right. gathering information because they right. made moves and then they beat y'all with the moves that they made. Mm. Everybody's gathering information, yes. Michael Irvin. Right. Right, no doubt. You're right. They yeah, are. Let me You're see. Right. Let me see if the information that you claim the Cowboys are gathering pays off next time y'all play a real team, which is, I believe, the Washington Commanders will be coming it's, up in three hey, weeks. It's going to well, pay off real Michigan team. style. Well, not these not next two teams. Michigan these style. Let me just start saying that. Okay. <laughs> no, no, next two teams. Are you picking Washington to beat Dallas on Thanksgiving at Jerry World? I'm no, he's not. So no, don't, don't no, play no. that game. We, we could bet a no. Thanksgiving dinner. No, on that no, one. no, no, no. <laughs> you probably got dry turkey, man. I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's all I eat. All right. The last thing I'm going to say about this is I will bet you that Steve Wilkes would tell you right here, right now on a lie detector that he does not love to call defense from the sideline because you can't see from right. the sideline. You can't right. from upstairs. You can get the all 22. But, but that's why the, you but that's why right. you rely right. on your yeah. assistant coaches that are still in the box right. to give you that information about what the personnel grouping is and what formations they in and what Ooh. they think they're going to do on this particular situation. Well, because. Well, Go ahead, Michael. One last thing I want to say before you guys go. This is when it starts crumbling. The mistake is not let's pull him down off the sideline. The mistake is bringing someone in that was an outsider that didn't do it the way we did it. Whenever you have a dynasty going, that's what you're guarding against. Everybody comes in, you got to do it this way. You brought someone else in that did it differently, and that's when the things start crumbling. Is that that what happened to y'all? I'm trying to remember. Did y'all bring somebody? Absolutely, that's what happened. Absolutely, that's what happened. Chan Gailey, that's what I thought. I thought that was it. Yeah, that happened. Anybody tried it? He's just trying to bring in rubbing some sores. And no, some no, 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 no. I'm serious, though. I thought, I thought that was the case because the third Super Bowl, the third Super Bowl, y'all could have had me on the sideline with a headset and won that because y'all just were so dominant. It, I just, I, I remember. That's all. True. That's all. All right, back to the NBA. Wimby had little to no impact last night at MSG in his debut there as the Spurs defense now falls to second to last. In the NBA, we debate that next. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Victor Wimbanyama had a forgettable first game at Madison Square Garden last night. Missed his first seven shots, including two air balls. Didn't make his first basket until late in the third quarter, at which point the Spurs had trailed by as many as 30 points. Knicks 126, Spurs 105. Wimby did wind up with 14 points, nine rebounds, did make all six of his free throws. Way to go, young man. But he had only one block and he went 0 for 4 from three. So Keyshawn, what did you see or not see from Wimby? Uh, You know, I think for some reason, I feel like the moment, this is the first real venue that he's played in that's this celebrity sort of, you know, historical situation for him. And and I feel like it might have been too big for him at this moment. Uh, He didn't get used to it. It's going to take time. And on top of that, he's allowed to have an off night. He's been playing pretty good basketball here in the last several games. So when I look at him, I say to myself, okay, 
It's going to take time for him to get used to playing in certain venues, used to playing against certain competition and certain people. His shots didn't fall. I think he had three turnovers in the game. He had one block that you talked about, Mm -hmm. Skip. So we didn't see the same guy that we have seen over the last several weeks. It's just – that's just what it is. He wasn't aggressive at all, in my opinion. He was very passive. Uh, He – played that guard position, like you say. He didn't go down low like we talked about. He was out He was out at the top more so often than, than down below. Yep. And so when you look at right. that, that aggressiveness just wasn't there from the last time that we saw him. And I look what? at it and say, oh, I just chalk right. it up. It's just one game. I chalk it up. Well, yeah, right. And, and, and let me first, because, you know, let me, let me just let you guys know, you know, I have a special place for the Knicks. You know, because Julius Randle yep. is on the Knicks, and that's like my godson. You know, Julius Randle went to school with my son, with Michael, and yeah. played at Prestonwood. So we would go to all the games. Listen, dude, we would be key, Skip, we would be 0-15 because Julius be hurt, right? He's hurt. And then Julius come back, we reeled off 30 straight and win a championship just so we were 30. Because Julius was everything, you know, everything, man. He, he's such a great dude. And when I go to the games now, because, Key, I heard you mention him earlier, Fresh West over there, you know, with Lon Rosen. So every time I go to a game, I said, Fresh, your ticket's no good unless my feet touch the wood. And, <laughs> and every time at a game... Julius Randle comes over and hugs me right before the start. So, Key and I, that's why we were messing around about the game the other day. Yeah. And, and, and what I saw when I watched with me, I thought it was interesting, you know, because everybody's watching this kid. Everybody's watching him. When, when, when he stepped into that, that, on that floor, I said, now the Knicks are going to give him some of that Oakley treatment. And that's exactly what Mitchell Robson was doing. It was nothing but the Oakley treatment. Everybody's going to give him this. Nobody has this physical skill set. You're not tall enough. You're not. He, he has so many different skill sets. So the only way you can play him is to make him feel like he has to go through hell. And this is the key, guys, because we're talking about one night, 38, the other night, last night, 14, the ups and the downs. He's not used to playing this much basketball and getting banged up this much. He'll get used to that. He'll get used to it, and it'll play out, and he'll be okay because he's a phenomenal talent. He has to run towards all of that banging and not away from it because that's all everybody can do with the kind of skill set that he has. He's 19 years old. He's 19. Right. What do we we expect? two years of professional basketball in France. I understand. Just for the record. I, I know. Yeah. That, that's true, Skip. Right, but, right, but the, right. The, the France basketball is different, you know, yeah. than the, it's just different. No, but there are a lot of exits. Yeah, and I don't think they play as many games. Like, the France, I, 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 I'm checking you, check. I don't think they play as many games on, on, on as many back-to-back nights or, or, or as many games a week as, as he plays now in the NBA. And he, you know, it's New York, man. Come on. This is New York. It's, it's different. It's just a different... It's different. I, I'm sure he was taking in the scene, right? I'm sure. Maybe. All right. Suffer me this because I, I can't let this go and I will not let this go because it was worse than ever last night. Mm. This young man is so gifted and he is so tall and so long that there is no way to stop him, even if you get physical with him, Mitchell Robinson. If he posts you right. up, if he gets the ball in the right place at the right time, you got no shot. It's hard to get physical with somebody when they're loitering out there on the three-point line because that's all he did the whole night. He drifted out, did 
Wimby and just hang out at the three-point line. And I'm saying, what are you doing? You've got to make them work. You've got to make them aware of your length. You can't look in the mirror and see yourself as a two-guard because I think he does. I, I think he looks because he is so skilled. He can dribble. He can dribble between his legs. His, right. his, his shot motion is beautiful to watch. That's what, He made all six of his free throws, and I, I'll say it again, way to go. But he has fallen completely in love with the three-point shot, and it looks pretty when he shoots it. But he has now fallen to 29.3% from three while taking the most threes of any San Antonio Spur. That is wrong, wrong, wrong. At 7-4, you lead the team in three-point attempts with Mm. 41 Mm. through eight games, and you're shooting 29.3%. Trust me, the math doesn't work because that's a whole lot of empty possessions that have something to do with why you got blown out last night. And at Indiana the other night, they gave up 152 points. And you're having little to no impact on the defensive end when our man Paul Pierce sat here before the season started and said he, he could be the defensive player of the year. I think Paul predicted he would be the defensive player of the year. Well, he's he's got just by standing in the lane, you got a shot. Well, he's third in the NBA in blocks, but last night he had only one because I don't remember him in the paint at all on the defensive end. He just drifts out. He's guarding smaller players. I, I don't get it. I, I don't get the, the approach of it because he's so it's much a, better. This is nothing but constructive. In his criticism. New York. In his New York yeah. key. He is New York key. All, all of our greats, they understand and recognize the mecca that New York yeah. is. And, and even on the rise up, coming through, the LeBrons, the Kobe's, all of when they had that opportunity to play in New York, especially early on, they showed up and showed out. They now, did. man, I know he's not from here, but I, I understand. I just talked about how he's playing all of these games, a lot more games. But you got to know where they show up in this country. And New York is one of them. You have to show up. Even if you didn't show up, I don't, somewhere, even if you didn't show up in Phoenix, you got to show up in New York. You got to show up in New York, and he has to get that. Skip, it's an adjustment period. I understand he played overseas in France, and there were, there are ex basketball players in that league that were in the NBA. I, I get all of that. That's, that's true. But it's an adjustment period to understand. Pop is still, you know, you say, well, how come he's not down on the blocks? Or how come he's not in the paint on the defensive end? Mm-hmm. He does have a coaching staff over there. Know, they see, they, they got to see the same things that you see. Maybe they're letting the process take they are, course. They, they keep saying we're going to let him play his way into this. That, like the, yeah, exactly. Himself. So right, what's, right, the, right, what's right. the rush right. of a fan no, just, wanting to see because a you, finished product in week, it's, it's, uh, not week eight, but in the eighth, ninth game. Why do you want to see a finished product in eight yeah, games? We're not even talking about a finished product. Exactly. We're, we're talking about just th- this is how you have to play at your height. That, that, but they just I, you, told you just you said. You've got to run some plays for him to post. But you just said they're going to let him feel well, his way through. I, I wouldn't do that, but that's just me. But I'm again, sorry. that's yeah. why I said yeah. you want. Him to be a finished product no, and just, do yeah. what he's gonna do no, two no, years from now. Wait, 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 w
We, we didn't. We we didn't. We weren't patient with LeBron and patient no. with Kobe. No. You are the great. Because You're supposed being, to be the no. greatest thing we've seen. So let's, let's, we're not waiting. Ooh. We want to see the phenomenal right now. That's the reality. The man, Michael, of it. Now the what he is, has to do. The man is yeah, being coached I heard by Pop last night. The man is being coached by one of the greatest right. dudes to ever sit on a bench. Right. Right, and y'all right, want right, to sit right. up here and, and, and question no, the way that he's bringing no, him along. No, 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 no. We're not questioning the way he's bring, that Skip he brings just, him along. We're, we're, I do. We're, we're going Skip to talk. We're, said, we're going, we're, no, we're, we're, but we're going to be able, we're going to have to talk I've about it. Popovich before. Uh, remember, he, oh, he, I, I, he I ain't questioning Popovich. Parker and made him pretty smart. There's some Belichick going on there. Yeah, there's some Belichick going on. I don't mean to, I don't mean to laugh, but. Somebody else told me that before. They, they didn't say Belichick, but they just said, just look at the success rate. When you lose and you get the easiest pick in the world, you know, when you got David Robinson mm-hmm. and all of a sudden Tim Come Duncan. on, guys. Come on, guys. I know. I'm just Come saying. Come on, guys. I'm not saying that. I'm Parker, Parker went up there. Parker went up there. The Kawhi Leonard, he, 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 come on now. He, he, he took some guys. It. And made them great players. You I guys, just said somebody uh, told me that. That's all. Or were they just drafted? Kawhi still, Kawhi still owe that man some money. Yeah. Well, well look, at, at the end, that. in the end, I'll go back to what I said before, Michael and Skip. Let it play out. Okay. I'm, I'm going to throw this out, and you'll say it's an unfair comparison. But once upon a time, it was a long time ago, it was even before my time, Wilt Chamberlain debuted at the Garden, and it was his first so, NBA game, period. Right. His first, first right. out of the box. Okay. okay. And he had spent three right. years at Kansas, and then one year, because the NBA wouldn't let him come straight into pro basketball, he played for the Globetrotters for a year. I don't know if that even qualifies as pro basketball. It's not NBA basketball. And he steps on the floor at the Garden. Remember, he was the big dipper at seven right. feet, one inches tall. And he goes 43 and 28 back in the day when he put up silly numbers, but he played to his size. He commanded the basketball. He demanded the basketball. He just said, you guys cannot stop me. I will dominate this game over your heads because Skip, you can't stop me. It was a different era. I, I, I understand, but I, I they, watched they, him. They, they, they space out now. They like to shoot threes. Okay. They like All to right. do those sort of things. Yeah. Pa, I'll go back to this again for the umpteenth time. Pop has said they're bringing him along. I didn't even know Pop said that because I didn't watch post game. Yeah, yeah. But I can he, see he it with about, my own. I can see it with my own eyes that this is what they're doing it. to this young man in allowing him to understand what the NBA is. It's not France. This is how we play. This is the things that we're going to do. Then eventually you put all of it together mm-hmm. and you get the superstar player yep. that he's drafted to be. Okay, but even right. I, and you're and key, but key, but the whole process is key. We were saying, and they were talking about this, is this the greatest prospect that we've ever seen? So it is fair for us to measure him up against some of the other great prospects that we've ever seen in their first time playing but, but in a to, mecca like New York. That's the measurement. We're doing comparative analysis. What about LeBron's first game but at you have 18? To take, Do you remember you, LeBron you at Sacramento? Take, you, you have remember? to take everything into consideration. Okay, well, no. I took LeBron into consideration. He's 18 years old, and he steps on the floor. He didn't play college basketball because he didn't have to. He just stepped out there. And he hung what twenty five on Sacramento, and I said, "That's a grown man." Okay, right so there. you have it. So, so, yeah. so now you're getting ready to tell me what do they play? Eight games this year. Mm-hmm. So in eight games, you haven't looked at Wimby and go, "Wow, Ooh. 
Oh, yeah. Of course you have. Yeah, sure. well, who of course that? you have. Yeah. Right. But so, I've also yes, looked yes. at him more than that and said, what are you doing? Well, what are you standing out there for? Yeah, because you're seven feet four. I understand seven foot four. I feel the same way about Anthony Davis. He ain't seven four, but he's big enough to be down low and not shoot threes. That's the game, though, Skip. The game is shooting the threes. That's the game. When he posts on people, you just say, that's just ridiculous. Like, he, he has an advantage that he is not using on a nightly basis. He has an advantage on the defensive end. Because if he's if using he just, it on a nightly basis, if, he's going to get beat if up. If he just stands in the middle of the lane on defense, he is so long that he bothers shots or block shots, and they would be way better than the second-to-last defensive team. That's where they rank right now. In points allowed in defensive efficiency, they're second-to-last. Right. They got blown out last night because he's not having any real impact on the other end. You could at least do that. Again, is he? I, 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 I don't know if they were scoring. I mean, you say that they're second to last. Mm -hmm. Are they hitting shots from the outside on them? Or are they hitting the shots at the rim? They, they, you got to look at it two different ways. If they're pulling up and hitting, if they're pulling up and hitting Jays yeah. and he's down low, what is that going to do for him? Yeah, no, I got well, it. Well, last night, last, last night they were hitting all three of them. I could be honest with you, because Bronson, uh, uh, Bronson, Barrett, and Randall, they 23, 24, 25 points apiece. You yeah. know what I mean? And Jay, Rand, last Rand, night um, was an off night, uh, man. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, 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 but but but, but <laughs> yeah, it's an off night. What we, I guess what we're saying, Key, is okay. You, you're you're the big mega star that came in. To America, you're taking over. You got to know where to show up. If he puts that game in Phoenix, in New York, oh, my God. That game he had in Phoenix? If it, and I know he was going up against Durant and Booker and all of them, but it's the Mecca, New York. It's different there. You got to know when and where to show up in America. I'd like to see him show up in New York. Well, that's fair. You want him yeah. to, and, and like I said before, Maybe Skip, he walks into the stadium and he, you know, it's just a different feel. You, you know, you got star studded people all on the yeah. bench. He, had, he hasn't uh, uh, played in a uh, venue like that. He, although he said the building was smaller than he thought it would be because it's not that big yeah. when no, you walk not. into it. No, it's right. Right. As I said yesterday, I don't know what the hype is, but that's just me. That's a, well, the hype yeah. is for the opponent, not for the home team. I can tell you that. Not since 1973. It's a beautiful place to watch a game, though, guys. It really is. The atmosphere, it, it's incredible. It's great. All the stars go in the back. You know, they bring all the stars in the back. I saw I, I saw uh, my girl from, uh, from what is it, Law & Order. I love Law & Order. That's what I, I watch all the time. She was, I, I, was in, I, was, I was in heaven. What are I was you in talking heaven. about, man? <laughs> To my girl from Law and Order. I love her from Law and Order. In New York, when you go to the games, before the games, they bring all the people, all the stars, you know, Tracy Morgan, all of them in the back. And you're back there hanging out with everybody. Then you walk out on the floor. Man, it's, it's hey, boy, that's the mecca. I love being in New York for a game. It's just a great time. All right, up next, we keep it in the NBA, and we ask this question. How much, if any, will the Sixers miss James Harden and the Clippers benefit from having Harden now 0-2 as a Clipper. That's next. Right up your alley. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Won't back down. 
The Sixers had one of the best early wins of the NBA season, holding off the Celtics 106-103 in Philadelphia to rise to 6-1, best record in the East. That was the Sixers' sixth straight win. So who needs James Harden, right? Here's what Joel Embiid had to say after that game. We just worried about ourselves. Um, you know, new coach, new system, a uh, bunch of new guys. Uh, just trying to get everybody up to speed um, and you know, see what we can do. Um, you know, like I always say, you know, I've said it so many times, it doesn't really matter who's on the team. I always believe that I have uh, an opportunity to win. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Clippers lost their second straight game with James Harden, third straight loss overall. Managing to score only 93 points and losing at Brooklyn 100 to 93. It's certainly very, very early, but so far the Clippers have displayed no new real chemistry. Last night they shot very poorly from three, eight of 36. That's 22%. So Rachel is back with us. It's, again, very early, but ultimately, how much, if any, will the Sixers miss Harden, and how much better, if any, will the Clippers be with James Harden? I was going to start with Sixers, but yep. Skip, come on. After two games, they're not showing you enough chemistry? It's well, two games. Again, I, I want to like see That's like smaller than small sample size. Come on. Guard and Russ keeps getting in the way of that. Look, I, I, fine. I will yeah. start with the Clippers mm-hmm. first. I still think that James Harden raises this team's ceiling, but there is no way you can expect them to be cohesive two games in. Ty Lue said last night that he thinks it's going to take 10 games or so for him to figure out how everyone fits together, how they should play with each other. Personally, I think that's very ambitious. I would give them 20 games to figure it out. This is a very hard thing they are trying to do with a high degree of difficulty fitting these four guys in to a cohesive rotation. It is going to take time. The Clippers are just gambling. It is worth it in the end because, again, it gives them a better chance of how well they can do in the playoffs. Now, I do want to say about the Sixers, Tyrese Maxey is making this team and everybody who watches it say James Harden who he is playing so well overall. Nick Nurse, by the way, and Embiid mentioned it. He has really got this team humming and I think it is underrated. The pace he is having them play with, the way he is having this team take advantage of the gravity that Joel Embiid creates. And then Joel himself has been an absolute tornado. If you look at the start he is off to, he is averaging 30 and 10 and no Sixers player has done that since Wilt Chamberlain in 1966, which was a very long time ago. Personally, I was not born yet, Keyshawn. Um, you either. So I, I think that there is no... We're not going to talk about that. Um, there is no question that during the regular season, the Sixers do not miss James Harden. That being said, I will still say... In the playoffs, they still need to upgrade. And that is why they got those draft picks in exchange for James Harden. It is absolutely what Daryl Morey intends to do. But if Embiid goes down, you need someone like James, who in a playoff setting can get you 45 and 42 on consecutive game nights. And so far, no one else on that roster fits that bill. So I'm holding on the playoffs until he makes his trade. But so far, they look so good. Yeah, I think it, 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 to back up what Rachel is saying about the Clippers, it's two games, man. They still try. You can tell, as I said the other day, Skip, it's going to take them about 15 games or so to really get an understanding. If you watch just the two games that he's been there, 
Paul George didn't shoot the ball well the first time around. Now mm-hmm. Paul George, three-point shooting, he only made two, two of ten, mm-hmm. but he scored 20-plus points. So when you start looking at it, it's like, okay, now all of a sudden Kawhi looks different. Westbrook didn't turn the ball over uh, much last night where James had five turnovers. Yeah. It's like you're trying to figure out how these four pieces of five, mm-hmm. if you call, in, include Zubox, how they going to all work together. Mm-hmm. You can't – there's no way – that you could figure this out in two games. It's just mm. absolutely zero way. I know you look at it and you say, well, they're 0-2 with him, and the Sixers are rolling along without him. Mm. Okay, they got a new head coach in Nick Nurse. Yeah. They, they allow, they're allowing Tyrese Maxey to essentially take over from where James was at, okay, and he's showing you he can kind of handle the load now. Mm. And Embiid, as much like Rachel said, he's being a tornado. Mm. He's out there being... The MVP again. So you're going to win basketball games because of that. There's no shade towards uh, uh, James because of what MB said. They're close friends. He's just saying, because I know you, Skip. I know you. All he's saying is, I can win and play with anybody. Keyshawn, everybody wrote about it this morning that it was a shot at James Harden. They, I, I haven't even I, spoken I, I, yet. But right? I know you. Okay. And I know everybody, I know everybody about writing it about it because yeah. the way it sounds. Yeah, well, it sounds. And the guy leaves the team in, in a way that everybody wants it to be some sort of hostility in an environment that they couldn't get along. And I get it. I understand the way people write things. Hmm. I get it. Hmm. But there is across is sort of a good riddance quote. Like, oh, like now we can play free and happy. And by the way, speaking of the Sixers, they have a brand new head coach who is offensively based. And they're blending in Kelly Oubre and Patrick Beverly and Nicholas Batum and Robert Covington. All these guys played pretty high minutes last night. And their chemistry looks pretty great to me. I don't know how they're doing it. I guess it's a miracle, an early miracle. They just threw it all together, and it worked. And by the way, They've been there since the start of the damn season, Skip. This dude just got here a week ago. The guys who just came in, too, are all role players. That makes a huge difference. Okay, all those guys are just – but look at the minutes they played. Batum played 27 (laughs) minutes last. I'm not sure that's a role player role. But the point is, Tyrese Maxey, and I watched this game very carefully, he had a terrible night last night, and they still overcame the Celtics, who came back on them and almost came from, I think they were at 1.17 yeah. down and almost nipped them at the bud. They had a rough shooting. Yeah, they, but Tyrese was terrible last night because he was driving me crazy. He was 11 of 27. That will not work. Three of 11 from three, it's not very good. But they overcame him because, to Rachel's point, Joel Embiid is just going flat monster on everybody again. And, again, I predicted he'd win the MVP last year, and he did. And I know it was a close call over that guy in Denver who's still really good, although late last night that guy in Denver had a terrible late turnover that almost lost the game. And then he missed two free throws at the very end of the game that almost put Golden State in position to lose the game. So right now I think Embiid is – is edging ahead an MVP? I think you'd have to say so. So you give it an MVP trophy away <laughs> well, I'm just eight saying. games in, Skip? Well, I'm just saying. Who, who would you have right now? Who would you? You're not. I don't have anybody. Okay, it's eight games in. They're six and one, and they've won six in a row. And, and both right. all the stars last Keyshawn. night at Everybody the end of that Nuggets Warriors game. game. Eight games in. How are you going to give an MVP okay. trophy away? Okay. See what you're seeing. Say what you're seeing. What do you see? Embiid is, is, Embiid is dominating yeah. okay. right now. Yeah. All right. well, and Jokic is too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. it is, it is shaping are. up again no, to be a big it. man's it, race. It looks like it's going to be him versus him. <laughs> All right. So, okay, I, I'm echoing. By the way, Steph Curry should stick his nose in there too. He 
could. He did, he had a big late three, and then he drove to the hoop, something somebody else never does, but he just drove to the hoop at the end of the game, just as he did at Oklahoma City, and he missed it. Yes. He had a big lefty scoop shot, and yes, he missed it. That was surprising. Yeah, yeah it was very but, surprising. But, look, they're at the end of a long road trip, yeah. the Warriors are, and, and they just look t- everyone looked tired at the end of that game to yeah. me. Get back, getting back to the two teams we're talking about, I do want to say this about the Clippers. They still have two roster spots open. They actually have to fill those by next week because of the way the NBA uh, collective bargaining agreement works. And by the way, with Plumlee going down, and who knows how bad that injury is going to be long-term, but it's definitely bad. They are going to need to bulk up at that position. So that is what I would expect them to focus on in the next week. And that's going to change their roster to some extent. So you just have to give these guys time. Paul George right now is deferring too much, in my opinion. He had such a hot shooting streak to start the season. James comes in. Paul is just, he is the kind of guy who just wants things to work. He and Harden were talking over the last four or five months about this. So he's trying to roll out the red carpet for James Harden, where he still has to be able to play his game. And I would expect him and Russ to actually play a little bit more going forward because that pairing is so comfortable together. So we just have to see what Ty Lue can do. And on the Sixers side, I want to know, who do you guys think that they should go out and get with this flush uh, pack got, of draft picks and the, the cap space and all yep. of the stuff that they should get. Zach Levine. Well, Zach Levine gives you the offense. Yeah. OG Ananobi gives mm-hmm. you more of the defense. Maybe. What do you guys like? I mean, who do you think that they should go out and, and finalize? They probably the need team Zach Levine because they're gonna need that. They're gonna need that second, third score, just like you mentioned with James Harden. I agree. Gone, and if something were to ever happen to a guy who every now and then misses some time, and then B, you need somebody else to pick up the slack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would agree. So, so far with the Clippers, the biggest problem in these two games has been that Kawhi and Paul George have been horrendous from three. Yes. They have combined in these two James Harden games to go six of 28. That is 21%. And obviously that won't work long to- term Agreed. because they got off to a hot start where the Clippers were the best three-point shooting team through the first, what, five-ish games. Mm-hmm. So, I, again, I give you it's early, but... I'm with Rachel. The first point that you made about James, he needs to be the point guard. He needs to orchestrate this offense. And I hope slowly but surely as he gets more in game shape, he didn't look as in game shapey yeah. last night as he did the first game. Maybe he was just on adrenaline. He looks winded, game. right? Yeah. He, last night he did. But the point is that you, you, you need Russ to, to run the shock troops, to run the second unit. And, and if he would accept the role that the Lakers tried to get him to accept in Darvin Ham's first year, that would work for me. And that would be the, the optimal way to use James and Russ. I just don't know if Russ is ever going to literally sit still on the bench for that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I don't know that he won't. It, it, again, I hate to say it again and be redundant, Skip. Mm. It's two games in. Ty mm. Lue's still trying to figure out how to put this thing together in the mm. chemistry. You would think, or you want him to all of a sudden, Skip, decide, okay, we're getting ready to trade for James Harden. I got a plan already in place. Well, no, because I'm focusing on what I have on the floor and on my bench right now until I acquire him. Then once I acquire him, now I'm going to give myself time to figure out the rotation mm. and how it should go. Mm. You can't just expect for them to just hit and run 
in 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 hit okay. pay they're going. You can't right. expect but, but that. The, the point is, go ahead, Rachel. Well, I was yeah. going to say they have actually been thinking about this for a long time. That's one of the things the Clippers brass has said because this trade has been out there and public, by the way, for so many months that each player involved, all those stars, the Ty Lu, they have had a lot of time to think about no, and I, talk about how they were going to do I'm this. But I'm talking about drawing teams. To your point, up, yes. Not to just, your point. Now you got to see if they're going to work. Now you right? got to see if it's going to work. So the advantage of all that time is you have a guy like Russ who has time to accept how things are going to change yes. for him. You have a guy like Paul George who can start to think about how would I play with this guy, that sort of thing. Kawhi, of course, just always goes off and, and he's Kawhi Leonard. But actually having to see how it works when you get out on the court, in some ways, you know, that's harder when you've had more time to think about it because you have all these ideas and plans and now you got to see what actually sticks. I, I don't know why they're shooting awful from three now all of a sudden. I have, I, I don't know. It's two games. No, no, I know. I, but I just don't. You know, it, that went, it went like this quick. Yeah. It did. Well, because just, it was so high up here to begin with. Yeah, just a comfort zone. They're trying to figure out what, what's the flow. Whose turn is it? How do, you, how do you adjust to the two new guys? I don't want to see James and Russ play 25 or 30 minutes a night together. And Ty Lu keeps saying, no, they will play together a lot. So to, to your point, Keyshawn, is that what you want to see? You want to see those two together? I, I, I don't necessarily yeah. want to see them together. I said it from the beginning. You can start him, and then at some point, you can move Russ to the bench and now bring him back in with the second unit. Mm -hmm. Now, is that six minutes, seven minutes? I don't know. Ty has to figure that out, and yep. I think he will yeah, over time. I, I, I totally agree. Okay. We got to get back to the National Football League because there is a Thursday night football game involving the Bears and the Panthers. Did the Bears make the right choice passing on Bryce Young or passing on C.J. Stroud? Bears and the Panthers? That, that'll be a real ball burner. <laughs> Make sure you play this week's Fox Super 6 free-to-play game. Download the Fox Sports app and enter for free for a chance to win your share of $10,000 in weekly cash prizes. Panthers versus Bears tonight on Thursday Night Football. Probably not much of a game, so let's revisit their blockbuster trade, shall we? The Panthers got the Bears' first pick in the draft in exchange for Carolina's first and second round picks, that was number 9 and 61 in last year's draft, along with the first round pick in 2024, second round pick in 25, and wide receiver D.J. Moore. The Panthers, of course, then took Bryce Young first overall, though they obviously could have taken C.J. Stroud. So, Michael Irvin, did the Bears make the right choice sticking with Justin Fields and passing on Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud in favor of all those picks and D.J. Moore? Well, let's do Justin Fields before I give you my answer in all of this. Now, first of all, let's look at this now. Because when they just feel when they made that trade and he went over and everybody it was it looked kind of shaky at first, but those first five games, Justin Field and DJ Moore hooked up to a tune of over 100 yards a game, 106 exactly. Now since he went out, uh, DJ Moore's numbers fallen to about 51 yards a game. So that combination was working in a that combination was working in a sense. Now, but but my my issue, Skip Key. Justin Fields brought about himself. There's a process to learning how to play quarterback in the National Football League. There's a process to it. You know, you asked me, did they make a mistake? I came into this season saying after what he did last year, absolutely not. 
He earned the right to say, let me continue this fight. He had earned the right to continue that fight. And, and, but he went into this year and, got, and he faced frustration like young guys would face frustration. And he said, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking too much. I'm thinking too much. I thought that was a bad comment, even from a young guy who's probably flustered with all of the issues. Because I thought that comment says Chicago may have to go back into this draft. No, they will have to go back into this draft if he doesn't get well and get back on the field and continue to show great improvement. Now, you ask, do I believe they made a mistake? 2020 hindsight is always perfect vision. And with that perfect vision, I would have taken C.J. Stroud. You boy, let me, hey, it's perfect. Now, I was telling these guys earlier, we were talking about it, I said, let me tell you why. There are elements that you have to accomplish when you're a young quarterback coming in this league. You know, you, you, you got, I want to see certain things. I want to see you win games and we score a lot of points. I want to see you have some problems and you fight back through those problems. I want to see you in games where it's a, it's a fight back and forth and you keep standing up and driving and making scores and you've seen C.J. Stroud and all of those things. The last thing that usually comes for that young guy is to have total control over the locker room. And that kid has it already. I was telling these guys about a comment I saw the safety make, uh, Petrie make for, for the Texans. Dude, I, I know we got it. I'm going to let you guys talk, but I want to play that comment <laughs> later on. You got to listen to this comment. Skip, it's going to trip you out. He was talking about how cool Stroud is. He said, he said, listen, he said, I told him to go take a vegetable test. A vegetable test to see what vegetables in his veins. And when they checked, wasn't nothing in there but ice. It's oh. ice, baby. Oh. He's ice cold. It is. You guys go ahead. I want you to hear wait, him wait, say it wait. later. Do you have it? Do we have it? Do you, well, we got the tape. Play that tape. Play, play the play tape, dude. You play brought it up. Let's play hear it. Play that tape. All right. Let's hear this. They had said something about he did like a veggie meter, like where they check how much um, – Veggies is in your like your bloodstream, and they found all ice. <laughs> like he he really liked that, like for real, he really liked that. No vegetables, straight cold. Like he cold blooded, ready for the moment, bro. He he he, he tough though. What? He said it was. What is hey, boy, I like it. You gay? Is that not a great comment? Now listen. Yeah. As a young guy, but but think about it from this perspective. As a young quarterback. To hear your teammates say something like that. Yep. That's a whole nother world. To be that age, be that young, coming in this league that you look for, forward to all your life, and now you come in and you won that locker room over like that. That's what I'm saying. I, 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 I got to tell that. I, I got to grab that dude. Skip, tee me up again. What was the original question? Did the Bears make the right choice sticking with Justin Fields when they could have had Bryce or C.J. Stroud? Okay. I, I look back at it. And I say they made the right choice, sticking with them. And, and the reason being is he's a very athletic quarterback. He is. In a very, 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 as you know, Skip, have been in Chicago, mm -hmm. in a very tough city to be a professional athlete. And he has tough skin. So that's number one. I'll give you that. It's also very, very cold there in November and December and, and, and January. Yeah, yeah, it is. I've been there. Yeah. My ears almost fell off. Yep. He started off with Matt Nagy as his head coach. Think about that. He started off with Matt Nagy. Prior to that, Mitch Trubisky started with Matt Nagy. So you got two quarterbacks that you take in the high first round 
that have somewhat teetered off and failed to a degree. Now you got Matt Eberflus and Luke Geske, if I'm saying that name correctly, yeah. as his offensive coordinator coming mm -hmm. over from yeah. the Green Bay Packers wasn't their offensive coordinator. So now you're asking somebody to understand who this particular young man is in Justin Fields at the quarterback position and put him in great positions to make plays. Michael mentioned him and DJ Moore. They started in chemistry. They did. Then all of a sudden he gets hurt, his thumb. You know, mm -hmm. now he's got to figure out that. DJ Moore has started to slide off a little bit because DJ Moore looked like a keeper, which he still is a keeper, but I mean, like, he looked like, oh my God, why would Carolina ever let that go? Yeah. And then you say to yourself, okay, he's injured. But I can tell you this. If you got the right offensive mind with that skill set, and I don't know if Matt Eberflus is going to be uh, relieved of his duties at the end of the year. You're hearing whispers and all that sort of stuff. But there's a dude at Ohio State that is a former NFL coach that understands that quarterback that they were kicking the tires on in the past. I wouldn't be shocked that they revisit that. Mm. Now you move on to, to Bryce Young, and you say, it's windy. It's it's cold there in November. You got to have a big, strong arm, as you know, Skip, yeah. to pierce that thing through that that wind. Mm -hmm. You're going to have games in November, December, and January where it's cold in Chicago. You got to have a big body quarterback to be able to stand strong and take on that weather change mm -hmm. when you playing at night in Soldier Field and all that wind and all that cold is coming off that that. Uh, that lake right there, you, you got some real issues. Now we move on, Skip, to C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, MVP candidate. Legit. Legit. Houston got it right. Chicago didn't get it wrong. Houston got it right. And they went out and got an offensive coordinator who was a passing game coordinator before in San Francisco mm. who knew how to put the passing game together. Mm. So he's, he's at the top of the leaderboard for me, Skip, as far as okay. the MVP candidates along with Lamar Jackson, along with Patrick Mahomes and, and potentially Joe Burrow if he continues to go and Jalen Hurts. So they got it right. And that's the way that I look at it. Mm. Justin Fields just need the right stuff around him. Mm. Do you think C.J. Stroud will prove to be a better passer and ultimately just a better quarterback than Justin Fields? That's the key question with right young, now. With young quarterbacks, Skip, and I hate to, to not answer the question in a way that you probably will want me to, but – in reality, with young quarterbacks, it's the situation and the circumstances in the environment that Agreed. you're around yep. that will allow you to have success. Yeah. Period. Okay, right. which brings me back to Bryce Young. I still believe in Bryce Young. I thought ahead of that draft that Bryce Young would prove to be a little better quarterback than Justin Fields. And I have high regard for Justin Fields because there were times last year when he broke Maybe loose running right. the football, I said, that looks like Eric Dickerson to me. It doesn't look like Lamar or Michael Vick. It looks like Eric Dickerson. Long strider, when, when he got in motion in fifth gear, he, he was running over this league, through this league, and, and he throws it pretty well. I just don't think he throws it as well as Bryce and C.J. do and ultimately will not be as good a thrower of the football as those two. I think Bryce is in a tough spot. He doesn't have nearly the offensive line that C.J. has in Houston. They've gotten it right in a lot of places. They got it right with their head coach. Their personnel is right. Around him, they're right. They don't have great receivers, but he has good connection with all of them. 
the, the problem in Carolina is I'm not sure that the head coach wanted him, as you pointed out, in the first place. And it's a it, 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 it's an uncomfortable situation for him to be in. But that is a tough kid, that Bryce Young. And he does have a big arm and an extremely accurate arm. And I know, Keyshawn, you don't love him because he's a small man. That has not affected him so far. We'll see if it over time, if he just gets pounded into oblivion by the, the bigger people in this league. But I, I still, and I was on record, I think that Chicago should have gone for Bryce or CJ. I didn't see CJ play at this level consistently in college football. He had big games, but he didn't consistently do this. And maybe over time, he will fall back a bit from his MVP candidacy to just very good as opposed to phenomenal. He's doing yeah. something that hasn't been yeah, yeah, done yeah. in the history of the National Football right. League right now. And there's a, there is a reason, there's a reason a right. guy like Trevor Lawrence is having success right. yeah. in Jacksonville right. because they put the right, right. pieces but around him. They have. Uh, key, 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 what you just said, that's key. They put the right pieces around him. No. They scrapped this together around CJ. They strapped it. No, no, nobody came out and said, we're aiming for Noah Brown. No, we picked him up. Noah. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it, right, right, right. And he's raising them up. He's raising them up. Imagine giving CJ a DJ Moore. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so wow, I, I can't wait to see what all that kid becomes when you look at what his start has been. That, that's all I'm saying. I, I hope Justin Fields get an opportunity. But honestly, guys, he has to get healthy and get back on the field. Yeah, Are they going back in the draft to get a quarterback this year? Will be determined, uh, it will be determined on how Justin Fields finished this season. You think they should go back in, Skip, and get another quarterback? No, I mean, what? Are, give me an option. I mean, who? Which quarterback? Well, right now they're two and three. They're picking in the draft yeah. order. If it ended today, they would yeah. be picking two and three. And you got May, you got Keller Williams, you got Penix, you got uh, what's the guy at Oregon? Oh, you're gonna have quarterbacks. Yeah. You're gonna have quarterbacks. Uh, oh, got Bo Nix. Uh, yeah, you got Bo Nix. I mean, you you got you know you got a four or five quarterbacks that you can choose from. Yeah. I, I would I would say yeah, he's better when he's healthy than all them dudes. That's just me. Yeah. I, I, you know, quite better than Caleb. He's to me, for wow. my money, Surprise when Justin Fields is healthy, he's better than all these college quarterbacks. Right. Wow. I don't know about Shadour. I think Shadour is really good. Well, Shadour's staying in school. Yeah. I know. I got. And it. when you guys assess that they're going to get have their choice, because who you think get number one, Carolina? You see man, what I'm saying? They need to get players, <laughs> right. man. So, yeah. They need so, to get players yeah, in Chicago. Right. All right, we got to go because up yeah. next, we got to talk about, speaking of Keyshawn and MVP, who, who is your MVP right now? I want to know Michael and Key. No mercy, no mercy. Once again, your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet from Coach B. Keyshawn this morning regretting being a Lakers fan and having to face Skip and Rachel. You're 6'4", so maybe you can come off the bench and give the Lakers more minutes than AD. Yeah, that's I'll give them more true. minutes than AD just sitting, right <laughs> just sitting right there. I would agree. Second tweet from Josh. I'm sick of hearing Dallas needs weapons. Nah. We need Dak to not take sacks. We need Dak to know where the out-of-bounds line is. We need Dak to see open receivers in the end zone. A man after my own heart. Mm. Y'all unbelievable, mm. unbelievable with this Dak stuff. Y'all unbelievable with this Dak stuff. 
That's Cowboy Nation right there. If I was Dak, I'd just play my contract out and go somewhere else. No, you're the quarterback <laughs> of America's team, man. You're the right, you don't give that up easily. That, there's nothing better than that. Nothing. Michael, nothing better. Nothing. Okay. All right, final tweet from Biz. Keyshawn telling Skip he don't want that dry turkey. <laughs> that's our man Chris Tucker Friday. Yeah, that's true. I might put a touch of gravy on it, just a, just a little drip. Uh, is it okay. seasoned? No. Oh, yeah, no, I hard passed him, buddy. Michael Irvin, lead us off on this topic at the midpoint of the NFL season. Your MVP is dot, dot, dot. Well, I I, got to go. And it's so easy for us to always say when we look at how important you are to your football team, Patrick Mahomes. But my my MVP right now is is Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson, where he has Baltimore Ravens. And I'm looking at where he's going to be taking this Baltimore Ravens team as they continue, continue to get better and better. He continues to get better with that defense they have over there. They got that inside game. And you know this is the first time Odell Beckham, who had his best game last week with 56 yards in that touchdown, the first time he's facing a former team. So, you know, I'm looking for Lamar to have a big game and to get Odell Beckham the ball because you're facing Cleveland and it's going to help. So yeah, I got Lamar Jackson right now, man, as my MVP, guys. Yeah, yeah, I got I got Lamar Jackson as my MVP, but I also got a legit candidate in CJ Stroud. I mean, legit though. And and when you talk about it, what will clarify somebody? as being an MVP. You, you, your team is winning, okay? They're 500, they're four and four. Nobody in the world thought that the Texans would be four and four. Value a play. At, at this right. stage, value a play. So when you talk about the three guys, Lamar, Mahomes, and Stroud, passing yards 283 for Stroud, 217 for Lamar, 271 for Patrick Mahomes. Passing touchdowns, 14 for Stroud, nine for Lamar, 17 for a two-time MVP, 17. He's only three behind him. Interceptions. Patrick has eight. Lamar, three. This kid has one. one. He's four and four. They're seven and two. But he has a chance to win his division. They already beat the Jacksonville Jaguars once. Mm. So Jacksonville goes down this, this Sunday against the uh, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Now all of a sudden you looking up and Houston is right in the mix and right in the thick of things. Mm-hmm. When you talk about historical rankings, this kid right here, man, is doing something that no other quarterback in the history of the NFL through the first several weeks of the season has been able to do, Mm. despite being a rookie. You can't punish him by being a rookie, Skip. Okay, but by the way, head-to-head with Bryce Young, Bryce outplayed him that day, and Bryce did win the game that day, just for the record. All I'm telling you. It's what it is. I'm going to cap this off by saying this. I hate the Philadelphia Eagles. I hate what they did to us the other day because it Mm. shouldn't have happened. But Jalen Hurts has that team at 8-1, and and he is the biggest reason by far that team is 8-1 and because I think their defense is gettable and torchable. And they're asking Jalen to throw it from the pocket a lot more than he did a year ago. I, I don't know. 8-1 and is hard to argue with, with me. And I love the Baltimore Ravens because I picked them to win the Super Bowl. 
They did. What he y'all? is finding ways to win games. That's the key. You got to. Yeah, no matter what yeah. goes what goes awry with the Philadelphia Eagles, he finds a way to win a football game and get them to the next week. And that's the most important thing. Thank you. All what right. do the Eagles do to y'all? They barely beat us. Oh, they barely. Or we beat, beat ourselves. But their defense is yeah. good. No, no, the refs, the refs, the refs beat us. The refs, the refs beat that game. All right, no, up refs, next, refs Wimby that, and Brady have dinner in NYC. We discuss. We're gonna have different refs in Dallas. Gonna be different refs. Wimby and Brady had dinner Tuesday night in New York. Tom posted a funny picture of him and Wimby appearing to be the same height. Michael Irvin, your thoughts on the NFL's GOAT and a potential NBA GOAT getting to know each other a little bit. I thought that was interesting and, and a nice spot to get to, for him to get to know Tom Brady. Tom Brady's one of the greatest dudes in the world. You ever meet him, you'll love him. I'm glad that Wembley, get, get, as he cuts over here and try to understand our game of football, that he got to meet the GOAT. Mm. No, that's good, though. You, you had a guy like uh, Mike Rubin from Fanatics yep. initiate the meeting right. and put it together because both of them are clients. So it, it, it works out perfect. You always want to befriend somebody in a position that you're trying to get in, yeah. which has become a champion, which has become a global iconic personality. And that's something that Tom Brady is. When I was younger, I always connected with Michael Irvin. When yeah. I was in New York City, I always connected with Michael Jordan and Scottie yeah. Pippen when they would come to town. So that's what you want to do. I just appreciate it that Tom Brady is giving back to the next generation of stars with Shadour. Right. He's really helped Shadour a lot. and obviously Right. He's a good dude. He's a good dude, and and he's got a lot of knowledge that he can share. That is it for today's Undisputed. We are back tomorrow at 9.30 Eastern, and I can't wait. See you guys getting on the plane.